All right, so we're just going to dive right in.、Uh, so, for those of you who have been a part of our, you know,、uh, weekly worship experiences lately, you know that we've been going through a sermon series called "The Walk." The walk, essential steps to knowing Jesus, and actually, this is part seven of that series. And so, if you're just now catching up with this series,、uh, you can actually check out the previous messages、um, at our sermon archive. So, again, top right corner of your screen, go ahead and check it out.、Uh, message archive. It'll take you to our church webpage. But today, we're you know again just kind of exploring this idea: how do I cultivate real relationship with God? That's that's what we all want. We don't want just kind of this,、um, you know, set of rituals or things that are just routine, dry, formality. We want a real walk with Jesus, and, and so we're exploring different essentials. Today's essential is the essential of deepening our knowledge of God. In other words, habitually paying attention to the ways that God is revealing Himself to us on a personal level. You know, here as we get started, I hope we recognize that knowing God, having a knowledge of God, is not—it's not a static experience. It's—it's it's a dynamic one. In other words, when it—you know—when it comes to concepts, data, you know, we we can know we can know things once and be done with it. So, for example, you know, two plus two is a static fact. That can be memorized and stored away and just kind of filed away in your first-grade memory file, so to speak. But relationships, you know, those are dynamic experiences. Think about it: knowing other people, your knowledge of your spouse, your knowledge of your children. That knowledge is constantly expanding. It's it's constantly being edited based on your experiences and their experiences and and your experiences with one another. Same thing goes with our knowledge of God. Our knowledge of God is not a a static set of principles. It's, it's God Himself is not a static concept to just kind of figure out. He He is a divine person to know, to love, and to trust. He is the God who actually invites us to follow Him and walk with Him. You know, our, our knowledge of Him is going to be dynamic because of that journey. It's ups and downs. It's twists and turns. And so. The reality is, maybe you're like me. The seasons that I've experienced a rut in my relationship with Jesus are often the seasons when I've become negligent of Jesus' ongoing revelation of Himself to me. You know, these are the seasons when I've I've kind of settled for、um, rehearsing my static knowledge of God from the past without expecting to obtain fresh and dynamic knowledge of God in the present. And so today, what we want to do is focus on the ways He's revealing Himself to us each and every day, as we keep walking with Him, so that we can experience an ever deepening relationship. And I, I truly believe that this is something that God does. He's He's wanting to relate to us. He's wanting to reveal Himself to us each and every day. And today, our essential of this, you know, this series on the walk, this essential that we're talking about, is actually paying attention to the ways He's revealing Himself, growing and deepening our knowledge of God. So today, we're going to go through three ways that God reveals Himself to us, and I'm going to call them, for lack of a better term, I'm going to call them books. Okay, three books, three things that God Himself has authored, in order to communicate something about Himself to us. Things that that he has authored to be read, so to speak. 
by others, especially those who claim to walk with him. Okay, so here we go. We're going to dive in. First book is the book he started with. It's the book, quote unquote, the book of nature. The book of nature. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, what? That is not, okay, so we're not talking about ink and paper. We're not talking about pages. and We're talking about things that God has authored. And he has definitely authored nature. If you, if you have a Bible in your hands or just here on the screen, you can, you can go to the right column and, and tap on Bible and it'll go to the Bible app and things. Uh, maybe you're on your mobile, mobile device, but uh, go with me to the book of Psalms. Psalm 19 is where we're going to go. The psalmist understood something about, about um, God's authorship and, and the way he authored nature. So let's go there together, Psalm 19. And, I, and today I'm, I'm reading from the New King James Bible, Psalm 19. And even if you're by yourself, wherever you are, uh, maybe you're with other people too, you can, when you're there, say, Amen. <laughs> All right. Here we go, Psalm 19, reading from the New King James. Let's check out what, what David has to say about this book of nature. Remember, David, he's someone who spent a lot of time outside. He's someone who, in his shepherding days especially, really became intimate with God. And he's telling us how, one of those ways. Starting in verse 1, Psalm 19, verse 1, the Bible says this, The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament shows his handiwork. I mean, think about this. The heavens are declaring something. The skies, the firmament, they're revealing something. Well, what is it? They're revealing the glory of God. Notice verse 2. Day unto day. This isn't a static thing. This is ongoing. This is dynamic. This is continuous. Day unto day utters speech. And night unto night reveals knowledge. The things around us every single day are speaking to us. They're, they're presenting something about who God is. Verse 3, there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. In other words, you can understand what nature is declaring wherever you are on this globe, whatever cultural uh, circle you belong to, whatever generational uh, uh, tier you belong to. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth in their words, to the end of the world. This is awesome. This is what creation declares. And this power, this glory, is something that creation declares every single day. You know, when I look at the glory of God in nature, I see the glory of his power, his power to create, and I also see his love to create, the fact that, I mean, God didn't have to create, but he wanted to, he did this out of love. So let's talk about how we see God's glory, the glory of his power and the glory of his love in nature, in creation. First of all, I mean, think about this. Everything that we see and experience around us in terms of the created order, these are things that came into being by the very power of God's word. I mean, that's incredible. I don't want us to take this for granted. When God said, let there be light, there was light. According to Psalm 33, verse 6 and 9, it was by the power of his word that all things came into being. You read that in John 1. You read that in Colossians 1. And then even in Hebrews chapter 1. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, we're told that not only did God create things, get things started by the power of his word, but it's by the power of his word that all these things are even sustained that they continue to exist. 
Nature reveals a God who can create something out of nothing, something beautiful and good out of absolute nothingness and darkness. This is what nature reveals. Nature reveals not just God's power, but also his love to create. <clears throat> I mean, when was the last time you listened to the speech of nature? You know, the, presentation, the revelation of who God is through nature. I, I remember one of the first times I, I really kind of grasped this reality and experienced this for myself, that God was speaking to me through nature. I, I think I was in fifth grade at the time. I was just in my first year as a pathfinder there in Bakersfield, uh, California. And um, it was one of our first campouts of the year. I think it was a fall campout. I mean, it wasn't really, you know, tenting campout type of thing. It was a trip to our, our conference camp, Camp Wawona. You know, here we've got Glacier View Ranch uh, just west of Boulder. And then we've also got Mill Spring Ranch up in Wyoming. But, but there in California, we, we had Camp Wawona. And Camp Wawona, if you don't know, Camp Wawona is actually nestled right in the, the boundaries of Yosemite National Park. And I remember for the first, you know, that first camp out there, we got all settled, we got registered, we put our sleeping bags in the cabins and stuff like that. And, the, and then our Pathfinder director, he kind of gathered everybody, got everybody in our vans once again. By this time, it's already Friday evening, you know, after the main worship time and stuff. And I remember we, we drove into Yosemite Valley. And for those of you who, who've been to Yosemite, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, except again, this was nighttime. So we, we didn't see the sheer granite walls and things like that. So we're just kind of driving through these windy roads. I have no idea what's going on. We get to one of the pullouts on the road uh, to the valley. And um, our director has, has everybody get out of the vans. There's probably 40 of us young pathfinders or so. And I'm, here I am in fifth grade. I don't know what's going on. I'm just kind of going along with it. A little, little chilly with the, the night air and stuff. And, um, he gets us into rank. He says, fall in. All the pathfinders get into line and things like that. And, and there we are standing. But then he says, everybody lie down. So we lied down on our backs. He said, I want you to look up. And he didn't say much more than that. And for me, a kid who grew up in Bakersfield, where if you've ever been to the Central Valley, the San Joaquin Valley of California, it's not necessarily the greatest air quality that, that you know, most Coloradans enjoy. Um, for me, as I looked up into the night sky, I could not describe to you the sense of awe that came over me as I realized I, had, I could not count the stars. You know, there in Bakersfield, I could, I could see Orion's belt, I could see the North Star and maybe the Big Dipper and things like that. But, uh, but that was different. And it started sinking into me, you know, like the words of, of Psalm 8, you know, when I, when I consider the heavens, what is man that you are mindful of us? I began to realize there as a fifth grade pathfinder, I began to realize, well, God is speaking to me here. He's saying something about who he is and who I am to him. That in the midst of all of this, that God himself not just created, but continues to sustain. God pays attention to you, to me, let alone send his son to die for me. And that's, that's what I heard that night. And I believe, I believe that if, if we give ourselves the opportunity, 
we can hear the speech of nature declaring the glory, the power, and the love of a God who is beyond comprehension. Have you read the book of nature lately? I mean, have you, have you listened closely to the message of God's glory? Is it, is it a habit for you? Do you invest time intentionally, just paying attention to the created order so that you can know the creator himself? That's, that's the first book, the book of nature. But I want to get to the second book. And the second book is probably the one that, that maybe when I talked about God's books, that's the one that you came up with in your mind first. <clears throat> the second book is the Bible, the Holy Scriptures. You know, the Bible, it was, yeah, it was penned by human hands, but according to first, I'm sorry, second Peter chapter one, uh, holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So yes, penned by human hands, but still authored by the Holy Spirit. In a much more comprehensive and exhaustive form than the book of nature, indeed, the Bible sounds a revelation of who God is, the glory of his love and the glory of his power. The reality is that the Bible is, this, is, a, is a revelation of, of his character. And truth be told, I think sometimes we, we, we often treat the Bible differently than that. More, 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 than, we, more than we realize, we, we treat the Bible as, as something else. Maybe there have been seasons in your life where you've looked at the Bible as a mere textbook. I know that there has been in mine. I think... The middle school Godfrey would have learned a lot if I knew that the Bible was more than just a textbook. That it was more than just a, a compilation of, of fortune cookies that lined up really nice. It was more than just a list of moralisms. It's more than a mere farmer's almanac. The Bible is so much more than we often treat it to be. You know, uh, Jesus himself, when he's talking to to a group of religious leaders who have made it their career to know the Bible, to know uh, know, the written scriptures. Jesus says to them in John chapter 5, verse 39, he says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. But these are the scriptures that testify of me. These are they which testify of me. In other words, the scriptures themselves are not just a revelation of answers, of information, of of moral direction and ethical behavior. The scriptures are a revelation of me, Jesus says. And that should color the way we read the Bible, don't you think? I mean, that, that should shape what we're looking for when we open the sacred pages of scripture. You know, if we want our walk with Jesus to be real and to be deep, Jesus isn't saying that we shouldn't search the scriptures. I know that's, that's a double negative, so just bear with me. If we want our walk to be deep, if we want our walk and relationship with Jesus to be real, Jesus isn't saying that we shouldn't search the scriptures here in John 5. What he is saying is that when we search the scriptures, we should search with an intent to see him. We should search with a desire to know him. I mean, go with me to John, John chapter 20. In John 20, you know, John's wrapping up his gospel. He's, again, moved by the Holy Spirit to, to put these stories of Jesus' life together. And in John chapter 20, verse 31, notice what it says here. He's kind of giving this conclusion. John 20, verse 31, but these, you know, the, these stories that I've put here, these stories I feel moved and inspired to write, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. 
the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Here's what it's written for, for us to come to a faith, and by having faith in Jesus, that we would have life in Jesus. You know, we should read and search and study, yes, even more so than the religious leaders of Jesus' day. We should read, we should search, we should study, but we should do those things to grow our trust in Jesus so that we can believe, so that we can cultivate a saving, life-giving faith. You know, we've been kind of going through this series uh, in parallel with the themes and chapters of the little book, Steps to Christ. And maybe you don't have a copy of that. Maybe I'll, we'll, we'll try to send a link or something. Uh, if you don't, go ahead and, and fill out in the chat, hey, could you send me a link to Steps to Christ? Um, but I want to read you something from page 89 of Steps to Christ. And this comes from the chapter, chapter 10. It's called A Knowledge of God. Okay, and here... Ellen White is writing, she's, she's writing about, um, she's saying, hey, we ought to fill our minds with the word, okay? We ought to fill our minds with the word. So as I read this statement, I want you to note the themes that she prescribes to the diligent student of God's word, the themes that we should focus on when we are filling our mind with God's word. So let's, let's read it here. It says this, page 89. We should dwell upon the character of our dear Redeemer an intercessor. Again, she has just said, hey, we need to fill our minds with the word of God. Well, what do you mean? What do you mean? We should dwell upon the character of our dear Redeemer and intercessor. We should meditate upon the mission of him who came to save his people from their sins. As we thus contemplate heavenly themes, our faith and love will grow stronger and our prayers will be more and more acceptable to God because they will be more and more mixed with faith and love. Do you hear what she's saying? She's, she's talking about filling your mind with the word of God. And as you do, what you're really doing is not just filling your mind with mere information. You're filling your mind with the themes of who Jesus is as your intercessor and redeemer. And as a result, notice as a result, your prayers, begin, your prayers grow deeper. Your faith and love grow stronger. The quote continues. It says this, they will be intelligent, your prayers. Your prayers will be intelligent and fervent. There will be more constant confidence in Jesus and a daily living experience in his power to save to the uttermost all that come unto God by him. Oh man, that's what I want, <laughs> right? That's what, that's what you want. We want our walk to be that. A daily living experience in his power to save to the uttermost all who come to God through him. Awesome. That's what, when we're, when, we're, when we're going through God's word, we're looking for Jesus. We're looking to know him, to grow our trust in him, and our walk with Jesus will deepen when we habitually listen for the revelation of God in his word, his second book. That's what's going to happen. So we've talked about two books so far, far uh, the, the book of nature uh, and the book of scripture. So is there a third one? <laughs> is there a third book that God has authored? Maybe you're kind of scratching your head. I, uh, is there a third book? Yeah, yeah, there is. Go with me to another New Testament passage, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And this is uh, the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth. So they're believers. They're people who have a relationship with God. They've, they've accepted Jesus by faith. 
Let's see here. I'm in 1 Corinthians. Okay, if you've got 2 Corinthians 3, go ahead and say, I beat you. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. All right, verses 2 and 3. Ready? <clears throat> New King James says this. Paul, writing to the Corinthian believers, he says this. You, speaking to the believers, you are our epistle. It's a fancy word for letter. You're, you're what we're writing to people. What were we talking? You are our epistle in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. You, you are our epistle. Yeah, we've talked about the book of nature. God authored that. We've talked about this book of scripture. God authored that. And now we're talking about the book of our lives, the story of our our personal experience. Yes, God has authored that. You know, you read Psalm 139, and David says there in verse 16, he says something about uh, God writing all of our days in his book. Yeah, God is authoring your life and mine. You know, in, again, referring to, to Steph to Christ, there's another quote there on page 87. She talks about just kind of paying attention to our lives because that is something that God has authored for us to learn from, to, to see him, to know him. Steph to Christ, page 87, says this. In our circumstances and surroundings, in the changes daily taking place around us, we may find precious lessons if our hearts are but open to discern them. God is giving us precious lessons, such to the circumstances, the things that are surrounding us in our everyday lives. Huh. The question is this, are we listening? Are we even listening to the story that God is writing in us, around us, through our lives? Have you, have you, just, just think about that for a little bit. I mean, do, do we even give ourselves time? And this is something I need to swallow. You know, I need to chew on a little bit. Because the reality is, maybe I don't give myself enough time to slow down. Maybe you don't give yourself enough time to slow down. Reflect, you know, to actually review what God has been up to in our lives. Or, or even in, in real-time experience, as we're going from day to day, we, we, we get so busy, so caught up with our to-dos. Uh, but is it possible that as we're going from day to day, is it possible to expect God to be communicating to us through his providential working, through just even the, the circumstances that don't even seem providential, but maybe they actually are, and God is speaking to us? I mean, maybe the, you've had this experience when you've tried to uh, make a big picture decision, a, a life-changing decision, a career direction, a, a move, whatever, and you, you've kind of had to make that, I don't know, you, you've had to process that by looking back a little bit. You know, those big decisions for what's ahead, sometimes they seem more clear once you've looked in your rearview mirror a little bit you know, connected the dots of your recent experiences to see that God, oh yeah, God has actually been preparing me for this or for that, to move in that direction, to, to take on this endeavor. And those are kind of big picture things, but I mean, think about it on a more everyday level. You know, on an everyday level, those, maybe you've had those days when, when that same verse or that same idea, that same message kind of pops up 
uh, in your devotions or, or um, at the breakfast table or um, in the classroom or from a coworker, <laughs> you know, all, all of a sudden, oh man, that's what God is obviously trying to say something to me. You know, maybe you've had one of those. Or maybe it's just super random things, everyday routine things that if you paid attention a little bit, you would realize that, oh wait, God is trying to say something to me. I had this experience just the other day. I, I got up early, <clears throat> earlier than normal, and I wanted to get to Target. And I, I, I wanted to get some things from Target. And in order to make sure that there was actually a supply of those things at Target, I got there right at opening. Actually, I got there 10 minutes before opening. You know, just kind of wanted to stake out a place in line in case there was a line. I don't know. Anyway, so I got there, probably 7.53. 7.53, six people there. No line needed. You know, people are just going to trickle on him. 7.59, there's probably like 15 or 18 people there. I don't know. The, the, the crowds just kind of, everybody came out of their cars at once. And someone's unlocking the door. One of the employees is unlocking the door. We're all kind of waiting to get in. And um, I found myself on the, on the hinge side of the door. So I ended up grabbing the door handle. And as I did, I noticed that that other people were naturally in the flow of entering before me. And I was about to kind of like, you know, insist that I get in, but I I slowed down. I felt like God was just kind of asking me to slow down. And what I ended up doing was I ended up waving people in. And I I, I don't, I don't say this. I I ended up being a doorkeeper for the next dozen or so people. And I, I don't say this to kind of pat myself on the back and, you know, whatever. I'm sharing with you that in that moment, what I wanted to do was a little bit different than what I felt God was saying. Hey, you know, just slow down a little bit. And I, as I was waving people, even with the smile, as I was waving people in, I felt like God was reminding me to prioritize giving and serving over getting and taking. Really, what came to my mind when I was holding the door was the sermon that I preached last Sabbath. And I felt like God was saying, hey, you need to take your, your own sermon to heart here. <laughs> you know, about, about living a life of service and, and giving, living to give instead of to get and things like that. And um, I took it. I heard it. I listened to the revelation of God just through my everyday circumstances. And the reality is this. If we're willing to listen, we will find that God actually authors things in our everyday lives to speak to us, to reveal himself to us. And I would say this, uh, just an add-on, well, not, not an, yeah. Just, he doesn't just do these things to reveal himself to us. I would say he, he also wants to reveal himself through us, through these providential circumstances, through things that he's doing in our, through the book of your life. And my, again, look again at, at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I mean, we we just read it there, but notice there's just kind of a little bit of an emphasis there in verse 2. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 2 says, You are our epistle written in our hearts, and then notice, known and read by all men. You're a letter that's to be read by others. Your life, the book of your life is to be read by, we are an epistle of Christ for Christ. So the book of nature, you know, it it declares the glory of God, his heart of love and power to create, to create something out of nothing. That's what the book of nature declares every single day, night unto night, day unto day. The book of scripture does the same thing, testifies of the 
of, of the same message. It points to Jesus, his heart of love and his power to not just create, but to recreate, to re- recreate something out of nothing. Does the book of your life tell that same message? Just as nature declares the glory of God, does the book of your life declare the glory of God? Just as, just as the, the book of Scripture is written so that people can believe and find life in the name of Jesus, is the book of your life leading people to the same? How would you like your life, the book of your personal, individual experiences, to tell the same story that nature tells, that Scripture tells? How would you like your life to declare the glory of a God who has a heart of love and a power to create something out of nothing. And if that's our honest desire, you know, if we want our lives to tell the same story, then really it just boils down to settling a very honest and simple question. Does the book of my life have the same author as the book of nature and the book of scripture? If we're honest, Each of us has the tendency to live our lives as if we were our own author, writing each day to our own glory or to our own agenda or to the agenda or glory of this world. Sometimes, maybe the other way, we we fall into a mode of chance or fear or mere reaction. And we just step back and let the circumstances of life write the story of our lives at whim. But today, I believe we can come to God and ask Him to be our author. We can ask him to be the one to to write and rewrite the story of our lives. And if we want our walk with Jesus to deepen every day, you know, just kind of in review here, if we want our walk with Jesus to deepen every day, then let's listen to God's books, all three of them, every day. You know, that, that's the basic takeaway here. We've, we've gone through three avenues through which God reveals himself to us so that we can have a knowledge of God that is ever deepening and increasing. And which of those three, which of those three books, the book of nature, scripture, your life, you know, everyday circumstances, which of those three books do you feel, do you feel the need to give heed to, to engage more intentionally, more regularly, and more habitually? Maybe, maybe that's something as you're just thinking and processing, maybe that's something you need to turn into a prayer and ask God to give you a heart to know him. Jeremiah 24, verse 7, I love that promise. I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. So take, take time, you know. Deepen your relationship with Jesus every day by listening to God's three books every day. Maybe you're saying, ah, I, I do need, you know, when the sun comes back out, I, I, I do need to get some time out. And just, you know, I was just reading Psalm 125 actually earlier today. Uh, it says that, that just as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, those who trust in him. And maybe you just need to get out into some mountains and let the, the, the book of nature declare to you God's lasting, enduring presence in your life. Maybe you need to make a a greater effort to engage the habit of regularly reading scripture. And not just reading it just to check something off a list, not just to, you know, get more information about a certain doctrine or topic, but to see Jesus, to cultivate and increase trust in him. Or maybe you just need to slow down a little bit. Pay attention to life. Be present and expect that God is 
saying, speaking, revealing himself to you throughout your everyday life. So if we want our walk with Jesus to deepen every day, let's listen to God's books, all three of them every day. And let me leave you also with this, this invitation. That if you want your life to tell the story of Jesus' glory, <laughs> love it. to tell the story of Jesus, if you want the book of your life to tell the story of Jesus' glory today, then we need to give him permission to author our lives today. Be the author. Give him the pen. Don't let circumstances just kind of uh, overdrive or over, overwrite or direct the direction of your life. Let God be the one to steer it. Let God be the one to author it. Be an epistle of Christ, known and read by all men. Is this your desire? Yeah? You, you want to, to tell the story? You want your life to tell and reveal, declare the glory of God, just like nature, just like scripture. You want your book to tell the glory of God. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you again just for the opportunity to, to study like this, to engage your word together as a family. Lord, wherever we are experiencing this, whether um, by ourselves or uh, with, with other friends or family, Lord, I pray that you would speak and minister. And Today, God, we are just saying yes. We, we hear your invitation to know you. And we want to claim the promise of Jeremiah 24, 7 that says, I will give them a heart to know me. So please, Lord, give us the capacity to even listen and receive the revelation of yourself through nature, through scripture, through the things that happen in our everyday experiences. And Father, as we bring this time to a close, we ask that, that you would continue to guard our health, both physically and spiritually. Lord, we pray for our city, our, 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 our county and our state and, and also our country, uh, you know, all around the world. This uh, COVID-19 pandemic is, is a disturbing life. <laughs> but I pray that this would be an opportunity for hearts to know you and seek after you. And so for us, allow us today on this Sabbath just to be still, to know you are God. Thank you again for this time together. Open our ears, open our eyes to the revelation of yourself. Deepen our knowledge of you. We pray in Jesus' saving and precious name. Let the family say, amen.